Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports Waypoints, Sports and Sports Adjacent Podcast that sets out to disprove the notion that people with lives dedicated to pixels jumping across the screen can't also be unhealthily interested in what nerds condescendingly call sports ball every Super Bowl. Rob, I should have <laughs> every episode with the same question. Buddy, are the Bears back? Uh, I think the future is so bright right now. Like everyone is enjoying. Like I think it's. I think I'm so happy for uh, like Eagles fans right now. It's so cool to like be enjoying the last uh, the last Super Bowl before the Bears dynasty takes over the league. And also, Rob, if you think about it this way, um, there are two connections to the Super Bowl and the Super Bears. One, Robert Quinn, clearly going to be the difference maker in these Philadelphia Eagles, traded midseason from the Chicago Bears. Uh, Two, if we find out that Jalen Hurts going against a historic run of bad quarterbacks during the last 10 weeks of the NFL season and then suffering a shoulder injury against the Chicago Bears that has been lingering ever since that has not really been tested against any real playoff opponent might suddenly become a factor in the Super Bowl suggests to me the Bears might still have a role to play in this Super Bowl yet. Austin Walker, what say you? If if we lose because y'all hurt my boy's <laughs> shoulder, I'll be so mad. I think his shoulders are right. I think it's, I mean, you know, this. we are seeing two incredible quarterbacks go into a game with some lingering injuries. That is that is football in the era of one extra game a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is football in the era of the, the, the running quarterback. Um, that is football, period. People get hurt. It turns out all the time, <laughs> no matter how uh, much protection you give them, uh, though, as we learned in the last Eagles game, quicker if you cannot protect them at all. <laughs> I I want to go back in time, uh, mm-hmm. Austin. We are we had meant to have you on before, but now we're having you on before your yeah. Eagles are in the Super Bowl. How mm-hmm. did you feel about this team before, like going into the season? The narrative around the team was Jalen Hurts. Got pretty, embar- pretty embarrassed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a yeah. playoff game last year. But we shouldn't even made the playoffs last right. year. You know what I mean? We came mm-hmm. up to such a terrible start last year that seeing the team like turn it around put me in the spot that you are in now, which is the future is bright. Like, <laughs> you know, y'all didn't turn it around this season, but you can see the pieces starting we gra- to come We grounded into the ground. <laughs> That's that was a did. better play. Like, we could have done that. And I think there were some people, Eagles fans last season, being like, what the fuck are they doing? Stop it. Like, take the L and and give up. And next season, you get a fresh start and get some some better picks. But Howie Roseman doesn't care about that. 
Howie Roseman doesn't matter. Always it doesn't matter. Always be winning. Always be winning. There's a confidence game, I think, happening. I think Nick Sirianni needed to prove himself to the city, which was huge. There's a world in which we bought him out last year and then Sirianni's gone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they gave him one year. He had that goofy ass start. He was not going to get a long road. He proved he could make it to the playoffs with a quarterback that could potentially become better. And this season, I think, has has proven that that was the right thing to do for him. Uh, so I came in fairly positive, but not expecting what we saw. I think the last time we saw each other in person, the Eagles were still undefeated, uh, <laughs> which none of us thought would last, obviously. You know, um, did, I think it did it longer. break before he got hurt or yeah, there was a fluke game, right? That there they was lost? a fluke. The, there was a fluke game that we lost that we should have won. I don't remember who it was, but it was like a total it was a loss that we we deserve to lose. You know what I mean? Like we're mm-hmm. not a perfect team. This is football. Football is sometimes a good team loses a game, right? Um, uh, and the terrifying thing is when you go, wait a second, has it just been us winning against bad teams the whole time? <laughs> or alternatively, have we just been getting lucky this whole time? And I think generally speaking, you know, going into the playoffs, going, you know, let's say going into the end of the season before uh, Jalen Hurts hurt his shoulder, I was like, I think we're legit. I, Eagles, Eagles good. Eagles legit. Eagles not fraudulent. But also, are we really all the way up there? Right, because um, it's like uh, starting in like early October – Mm-hmm. Win against the Cardinals. That team is picking yes. third. Uh, uh-huh. Win against the Cowboys. I mean, it's just it's the Cowboys. <laughs> win yeah, against. Okay, but uh-huh. for a moment there, yes. Every, for, for a moment there, people were saying Cowboys are going to crush the Eagles. Oh my God, Dak is back. Oh my God, you know Did the Dak Cowboys play in that defense game? is that? No, no, not that okay, first. Okay, well game. that's that's that's, that's, that's the Cooper Rush loss. Yes, that's the that's the game that we proved Cooper Rush was was a fraud. Uh, that was Cooper Rush's well, on a right. win streak. You're and right. You're we right. broke Skip Bayless's heart. <laughs> Uh, Eagles win against the Steelers. They basically don't have a quarterback. Come Eagles on. win yeah. against the Texans. They basically don't have a team They're and are just team. are just interested in uh, firing black coaches. That's primarily what the That's Texans are interested in at the moment. That's what they're there for. Um, and then here it is. The Eagles yeah. lose to the Commanders. The Commanders that, is yeah. the, that was the an embarrassing loss. game. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And then the Eagles win by one point against the Colts. Just More or less a Colts. loss. More, More or less a loss. loss. But the Colts, that's the Colts. <laughs> the Colts got to win. Who did the Colts beat? The Colts beat. The Chiefs, didn't they? They did. They did. Like, what the fuck, man? Wait, also, I have, a, I have a quick question. The Commanders. Uh, you Lance know. Lance wasn't quarterbacking. No, for, that was that was Heine, wasn't it? Heineke. Heineke. Whatever okay. the fuck his name is. As far as I'm concerned, that dude's name is Heine Heineke. <laughs> you know, one thing that, like, kind of the whole genesis of this project for Rob and I was trying to entangle... The, the, our own personal histories with the bears, which are like tied up in how we justify rationalize, enjoy watching the totally. sport despite all the hangups. And I, I've always gotten the, well, I know this, I'm setting this up as a rhetorical question, but that you are in the same boat that like the yeah. Eagles runs deep is a family thing. And I'm, can you walk us through like, when do the Eagles enter your life? It's and it not go, and it, a family thing, actually. Because your dad's case. actually it's, a Browns fan. My dad's a right? Browns fan, yeah. which also yeah. isn't a family thing. My dad's story is he his family were kind of like Jets, Giants people. He's from North Jersey, which means mm-hmm. you're a Giants fan. He, for whatever reason, was a Jets fan. 
saw the uh, like a uh, Cub TV. Sox thing where like I you, think so. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> even though you live in quote uh, you know where you would be a Cubs fan, you just choose to be a, to be a White Sox yeah. fan. Yeah, but then he saw a TV broadcast of the Jets play the Browns when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. He loved how the Browns played and was like, "They're my team," which is a great way to do sports. Like that rules. That, that to me, and then like followed them for years. I mean, I was just thinking about this the other day, which is like you have to. I, I, I think it says so much about who my father is as a person. That when the Browns left Cleveland, he didn't follow them to Baltimore, where they then immediately would go on to win the Super Bowl. Not immediately, within three years. He just said, I don't have a football identity anymore? He's like, I'm in – well, okay. So when that shit happened, I don't know how much of that you've read about, but that was a lot about – uh, could the owner of the Browns get the city to buy build him a new stadium? Yeah, I I watched like a 30 for 30 about it years years back. So so – it's like my dad kind of felt – I guess I, I don't know this for sure. I don't remember everything about this. But my dad basically felt we're going to get a new team, mm-hmm. right? So the Cleveland as a city um, has committed to bringing an expansion team or bringing a team – to you know transferring a team over or something. Well, the Browns will be back. But the players and the coaching staff he'd been rooting for – The culture. is the just cult- – it's all gone. Oh, and they went to Baltimore and then won some Super Bowls. And so it's like he could have had that, and instead what he got was the worst expansion team <laughs> in in NFL history with those Browns, but he stuck with them. That's his fucking team. Um, and it still is, despite it all. And this year's especially bad for that, right? Wait, how uh, – uh, this is a, a tangent, but this is something we've talked about multiple times is, you know, how Browns fans have dealt with mm-hmm. essentially be being – Given the shittiest hand possible in terms what of how do you it's like out. it's like like football already hard to, yeah. you know, like there's lots of things you're working through. We talked about mm-hmm. how we how how we work through those in, in the podcast most recently with the DeMar Hamlin stuff. And sure. Um, but like, I don't know, like, how, how does your dad uh, talk I think you, about I think it? You find his reinvestment into things like fantasy football so he can still okay. follow the sport. Gotcha. Without being like. Right. You know, I, it, it helps I that they kind of sucked it, this year. too. It helps <laughs> that they kind of sucked, too. Like, I was going to say that. I think it lets you not have to go deep into the rationalization minds. Yeah. Um. If, you know, if this shit had come out about Jalen Hurts, you know, like not come out. This hasn't happened as far as I know about Jalen Hurts, right? <laughs> if, if Jalen Hurts had, you know, was a, a domestic assaulter, uh, I would have to be like, no, like I have to draw that line there. It fucking sucks, but I'm not going to root for the team that's going to yeah. put this guy in a position of leadership or keep him on the team at all, given the situation. Like you have to draw that line. Um, uh, but it's easy when you're like, eh, I can just not pay attention until this motherfucker's gone. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, which he well, isn't, right? Like they're going to keep him next season and that will be a whole new season and who knows, right? Anyway, my point being, my dad wasn't an Eagles fan. And my stepdad is a Vikings fan from Atlantic <laughs> City. What the fuck is going on? And my mom's a Steelers fan because she's from northern Pennsylvania, which is actually Eagles country because she's in northeast Pennsylvania. How did her family end up being Steelers fans? The answer is blue collar city, uh-huh. you know, concrete workers, uh, construction workers, more Pittsburgh energy. Okay. Not that Philly is a white collar town, but Philly, Pittsburgh, you know. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So none of that was Eagles, but South Jersey is Eagles country. Right. Eagles country is the Philadelphia area down to the Jersey shore. Right. And that's like you cut the line in terms of Jersey. Giants is upstate and Eagles is is southern Jersey. So I grew up around a lot of Eagles stuff. Phillies fans, 76ers like that's that's that country. Um, uh, And I grew up. I've written about this before. 
you know, in the era of Randall Cunningham, right? So, like, I grew up with the style of play that I have come to love for decades now is in line with what Jalen Hurts is playing. It's in line with what Donovan McNabb played, right? It's in line with what Michael Vick played. Speaking of people (laughs) who had shit come out and their careers get completely sidejacked. Weird that that didn't happen to Ben Roethlisberger. I don't, it's mm. weird. Well, I personally, some some, some people attempted to do some to, version of repaying like a debt to society, and other people just mm-hmm. kept playing football and yeah. got to have yep. a retirement tour. A hundred percent. I mean, Vic is doing like broadcast shit now, right? So I, yeah, like, it seems he's like he's still, gotten on the other side of that. But but uh, you know, it is he what also it is. The, like he got convicted. Yeah, that's yeah, what like, I mean. Like like, he, like he went, Ben like like Ben the case like kind of like just got dropped and also his security detail was all off-duty cops so like there was that whole aspect too of we know police departments do not investigate themselves and the minute you had like uh a situation like this where cops were present like it was gonna go one way but i continued to ball Right. That's the other thing. It, it, this comes back to what we were saying before, right? Is like when you get in the dubs, a lot of people are going to look the other way, right? Um, but I will say it's a familial thing in the sense that despite my dad being a Browns fan, we were at the Eagles games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, my mom was still buying me cool Eagles sweatshirts and sweaters and everyone loved that I was an Eagles. It wasn't like uh, there was no inner house. I mean, those aren't rival teams. It's not like my dad was a Cowboys fan. You know, right. my <laughs> uncle was a Cowboys fan and we playfully were rivals. Okay, I want to talk to you about this real yeah, quick. Though. Yes, we should have this conversation. Yeah. So. One. I don't totally buy your whole act of like when, like, for instance, when the double doink <laughs> happened. Yeah. I kind of didn't fully think you're you were my like friend. so sorry. I, yeah. Yeah. Think about how often I bust people's balls, generally speaking. I'm not that guy. You just got to remember, the, he knew I was at the you game. You were there. You were at the game. I how was could that not break my fucking heart? Of course I'm glad we won, but it breaks my heart. You're my boy. <laughs> right. Like, I don't have I don't have that style of, like, masculine. Right, well, I'll take that then. Like, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, grant that, that you were sincere on that stuff. Yes. But then I have never, like, Ayo, that does not the extend Cowboys. to the Cowboys. <laughs> Ayo, fuck the Cowboys, America's team. Get fucked. Like, so I grew up in the 90s. I, like, clipped all over the place. Sorry, Kano. I broke my mixer on that. Um, the... The 90s Cowboys dynasty, right, which it was a dynasty, one of, you know, the Patriots are the only other true dynasty, I think, in our lifetimes. Is that fair to say? And actually, like, this, the span in, in of their dynasty almost makes the, the Cowboy stuff seem quaint because... It does seem quaint, totally. Yeah. But but when you're... But let me tell you, when you are... Like, what, what are the years of the Cowboys Super Bowl victories? 93 to 96, something like that? 92 to 96, something like that? I'm checking. It's going to take me two seconds. Here we I mean, go. Fr- Super I mean, Bowl and, champions. And also, yeah. frankly, you know, things 92, like. 92, 93, 95, right? But they were just in it that whole time. Yes. And when you're 7 to 12 or whatever, that's a, a lifetime. It feels different, you know? <laughs> it's not the same as the, the Patriots had a dynasty when I was an adult. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's like, they may as well have won. They, I mean, I hate, I hate. You know how we feel about the Patriots and, and about Brady and Belichick and all that shit. But the Cowboys represented something else. And it's so funny because it fe- it's the same shit that the Patriots go on to represent, which is this like very clean cut, very white, very safe American football team. Not that there no were no black days players. off. No <laughs> days off. I mean, that's off. the other half of this, right? Is that like there was a certain model of no fun. Said, no fun football versus Randall Cunningham. 
Yeah. Right. Versus a guy who you love to see play. Troy Aikman versus Randall Cunningham. And like, that's everything about the the world. Meanwhile, in, in basketball, it's the Bulls and the Bulls are ascendant. America's team in basketball is having fun doing the most ridiculous. Now, they're also, you know, we, we know about what the 90s Bulls situation is like, but their style of play is enamoring. Yes. And that is not the case for the stuff. They were truly a transcendent team. Like the Patriots were a dynasty, but everyone fucking hated them. The Bulls were a dynasty. And I'm sure, you know, if you were a Detroit Pistons fan, like, I mean, there were were rivalries. This is, I think we talked about this when we covered last dance or talked about last dance at some point that like, damn, I wish I had been aware enough to be a Pistons fan in the Bulls (laughs) era. I would have suffered. It would have sucked. Um, but I would still have a team. Like I'd still be a Pistons fan somehow. Yeah. I know it because my Eagles love and my Cowboys hate were forged <laughs> in that moment of fuck Troy Aikman. And like, I respected Emmett Smith. Like I respect, there are people on that team who were fantastic. Yeah, I'll players. say this though. Emmett Smith, he was, he was a really good, really efficient running back. Just, Ain't no Barry Sanders. Stir the same things that like Peyton or Sanders. Uh, yes. Like it just doesn't. No, like, I think the one guy who does is uh, Michael Bar- like Irvin. Were, Mike, Michael sure, Irvin, Mike. I think, is the one guy who you're like, okay, that guy had flair, but that guy had flair. Yes, also because he played an incredibly well, like, violent position <laughs> in a violent way. He well, was, and and like you have Deion Sanders doing incredible shit, uh, and that's the era of Neon Dion. That's the era of prime time. That's a whole other thing, right? So like there was there was flair to that team, but there was something so. You know, I was not the the radicalized Austin Walker you know and love now. But sitting in South Jersey, there was something so, like, fake about the idea that the Cowboys were America's team. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, like, I understand more now about the literal city of Dallas and its centrality to a mm-hmm. huge part of the country, how much moves through the Dallas Fort Worth area. Like I, I at the time, where does I was that like, branding f- come from? Do we know what is actually like the origin story of the America America's team? Good question. You know, is that just like NBC at some point says they're America's team? Cause then every they year did it. The 1978 highlight film, they claimed it. Just the Cowboys called themselves America's team. Yeah, Bob Ryan, now VP and editor-in-chief of NFL Films, coined this for the Cowboys while preparing their in-house 78 season highlights film. He's quoted as saying, I wanted to come up with a different twist on the team highlight film. I noticed then and had noticed earlier that wherever the Cowboys played, you saw people in the stands with Cowboys jerseys and hats and pennants. Plus, they were always the national game on television. So, well, they had a big I mean, away team following, you know? Weirdly enough, like, it, maybe it's always been true. Like, you know, you, you hear ESPN to personalities talking about the Cowboys are good business. Like mm-hmm. ratings are up when the Cowboys are up and when they are not like it kind of goes away. Also, there's the weird effect of like Cowboys and I think the Eagles to an extent too scooped up a lot of fans out of the D.C. area. True. Because there you have like a really black city, really black community and then like an openly racist owner. And I'm talking about the old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, but so you have the, you have a franchise that is kind of a, a thumb in the eye of uh, you know a lot of the community, and so they go to a, a rival. Also, Dallas, Texas is football country, right? Right. Um, the South is football country. Uh, you know, I can't. There's a reason a show like Friday Night Lights is set. A hundred percent. Nine year old Austin did not understand this. What nine year old Austin understood as America was honestly cities like Philadelphia and New York. Because I was from South Jersey and those were like the big world to me. And that's obviously revealing a lot of bias. 
but like it certainly wasn't Texas, right? Um, so I just didn't have any of that shit. And so whenever that was being fed to me, it felt so phony. Uh, and also we were the underdogs, right? We never could any, you know, this is y'all in the Packers in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, I don't care about the season. I care about beating the Cowboys. <laughs> like at the yeah. end of the day, they're my dynasty. Them once. They're right. my dynasty. Right. Like, but right. Rogers has got one ring. He's going right. to go down as like having a career that was a, you know, a legendary QB that people are going to have to explain why he was well, good because he's not going to have the rings to back it up. But I'll know that I spent 15 years under his fucking thumb exactly. and I can't wait for him. To, have you? Did you read about his his darkness retreat that he's going on? No. He's trying to figure out whether he wants to either retire or keep playing or, or get traded. And so he's doing this new thing. I think last year it was ay- ayahuasca was the, mm-hmm. was the drug. Was. And then um, that he claimed was <laughs> it's not a drug. It's from the earth. From the oh, earth. Okay, bro. Uh, uh-huh. And and this and this year to figure out what he's doing in this upcoming season is I think it's four days in a small house in complete darkness to try and have a spiritual awakening within himself. You ever just think this guy's going to die in a sweat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like just one, one year he's like, and this year I'm doing a sweat retreat. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Bye. Bye. Peace. Ascends. Ascends to become a pure podcast. Just <laughs> leave him behind and Pat, MP3. Him and Pat McAfee, McAfee. just McAfee. holding hands. Just Christ. like Pat McAfee, a, a guy that is so much, so clearly smarter than the persona. Like wrestling, He's playing a character. Wrestling persona as podcaster in which like you'll watch him when he's on like college sports. Occasionally they've caught him on there. It's like he's still got like the everyman like kind of doofy vibe. But it's like, dude, you're not you. You're not stupid. Like, well, And you he, play so- stupid for you know, the audience. He does the, um, the thing Howard Stern's always been really good at where it's like, Hey, we're just having such a good time. Just keep talking. I am so, I am so entertained. I'm so engaged by what you're saying. Just keep going. And you will get people saying a lot of wild shit. Cause they're like, I am so comfortable. I feel like (laughs) I am in a weird confessional where I can really let my freak. Now, now Howard's way of doing it was like, Hey, my freak flag is like all the way billowing out. Like you you can see it. So (laughs) we're all weirdos here. Yeah. In what way are you a weirdo? (laughs) That's not how McAfee does. Yeah. is just a quiet wall that people like Rogers can bounce their shit off of. And, And frankly, the fact that he lets him do that is telling about where he is at on that mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? You know, you don't get to the Aaron Rodgers book recommendation corner <laughs> unless you're like hyped to have him sound like the like a high school junior. Didn't thinking he recommend dropping like knowledge. it was like 1984? 1984 I think he actually year. like did 1984. No, this book, this book really opened my, this book really has a lot going. Shut the fuck up. Cowboys. One more thing. This yeah. is the last thing on that. Please. You have to understand. Anybody who I knew in my life who was a Cowboys fan is the opposite of my dad or my stepdad. They are bandwagon jumpers because they're also from fucking South Jersey. But they're like, oh, shit, the Cowboys are the best team in the NFL. I'm a Cowboys fan. Now, little Austin Chicago Bulls fan did not understand (laughs) the hypocrisy therein because basketball was different. It had Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? And Troy Aikman and and the the fucking Cowboys were not Michael Jordan. So I didn't. But when I everybody I knew who was that person about about the Cowboys was absolutely like, well, they're the best team. So I'm going to follow them. And and so that really got under my skin versus like you have a team. It's your team. Did those people stay Cowboys fans? 
A lot of them did. A lot of okay. them did. Which means they're suffering now, which I <laughs> am fine with, frankly. Well, Good. the Cowboys have been very adept at <laughs> seeming like they are just on that final step. But, but the, the great thing, too, is like... If there's a podcast out there, there has to be, that starts with, are the Cowboys back? <laughs> uh, buddy, I'm pretty sure every meeting uh, in Jimmy Johnson's executive suite is like, it starts a similar way. Not, uh, not Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones. Uh, but... <laughs> But Jimmy uh, Johnson was the Cowboys as well, right? In the nineties, yeah. Yes. This is he yes. was the one. But, he had, yeah. but he had too much sweat. Yeah, and, yeah. and Jerry was, yeah. had to get You're rid right. of him. And You're the right. other thing is, Jerry resented the hell out of people thinking that the Cowboys were a shared project. Yeah, that like Jimmy Johnson came in here and sorted this place out and created the dynasty. So he had to be like, I'm going to get this guy out of here. And I'm going to do it on my own. And by on my own, I mean, I'm going to call in Barry Switzer, a highly decorated uh, like college mm-hmm. coach with some of the same pedigree as Jimmy. And then I'm going to GM this team. And it's just never going to quite work out for the Turns rest out. of forever. Forever, forever, never, ever again. I mean, that's the other thing is uh, the you hear Jeff, Jeff Laurie, who, you know, obviously is a super rich dude, who the guy who owns the Eagles. Obviously, he is a very powerful dude in the city. He gets what he's wanted in the city in a real way. But he's a little afraid of Philadelphia. And the Eagles are a little – like, it feels to me – you know, I'm not a Dallas person. But it feels to me like Dallas is Cowboys country. But the Eagles have to go play ball in Philadelphia, right? (laughs) Like, you're – the Eagles and every Philly sports team has to put up with Philadelphia fans. They have to figure out how to manage that. Oh, and shit. I like that. They're greasing, the way, they're greasing those goddamn poles again. They're greasing again. those goddamn poles again. Win or lose, they're going to go fucking set the town on fire. I, the same way I want politicians to be afraid of their constituents, I want a, a, a sports team to be a little afraid of its of its fandom. You're fucking ours. We're paying the taxes for your big stupid stadium. You know? Now, could we be like better people? A hundred percent. Uh, Eagles fans are really. But bad. look, we live in a society, and but we this live is in a just society. What we're left with. <laughs> exactly. I think Eagles fans specifically are really bad at giving coaches time to like develop and figure out their situation. They often want results too quickly. But I feel like um, why, the, the fact that you have been blessed with this incredible yes. executive that is able to just navigate those scenarios. Like mm-hmm. I don't think Sirianni is a bad coach, but I also think lots of mediocre coaches could do a lot of amazing things with the level of talent that is on both sides of that roster. Like so this was a much, did- that was a much more uh, elegant and careful <laughs> way of saying what uh, love from the giants said this past week. Did y'all not, did y'all hear no. that? No. Did Jordan love, is that his name? That's the Packers guy, right? Uh, uh, giants. He said, I'm going to get the exact quote here about Nick Sirianni. He said, um, here we go. Uh, I don't know if I like him. Um, uh, he's a, he's, a, I, but I respect it, I guess. Um, uh, I, I don't like someone's like pushing him to be like, Hey, what do you think about, about, uh, how he gets fired up and yells at refs and all that? Yeah. He's like, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. He's in for a free ride right now. You guys mm. talking about the other panelists could coach this team. That's how, I mean, come on. They have a talented roster. He's just doing the best he can. I think it's a player's league. He's just taking a step back and letting his team play, which is like, he does have a talented team. Coaches do step in too much sometimes and fuck it up. But could anybody go in and coach the Eagles team with all those egos? You know, a bad coach would have fucked up the Devonte Smith and, and AJ Brown dynamic. 
because he would have been like, well, you're a number one and you can fuck off if you think that you need – you should get more passes. You know, it's hard to manage those egos. Um, but I think he's done a pretty good job of that. And also we saw how bad he was to begin with. To not give him props <clears throat> for getting better I think is a mistake. And some of that getting better is delegating, like realizing he shouldn't be the play caller anymore. Well, right. Yeah. The, and I that's think people, good. People forget that I think that he did that in those fir- yep. that first half of that first season that – he realized, yes. and like we we actually constantly struggle with this with the Bears when we had Matt Nagy with Mr. Trubisky, where it became actually a mystery box every week of the beat writers asking who's calling plays this week. Mm-hmm. We're like, ah, we'll figure it was to figure we'll that figure part out, out so, you know, yeah, and, that, and that suggests a coach that does not understand. You have it is much rarer to have the Kyle Shanahan's, the yeah. Andy Reeds, uh, like when I've read about yes. coaches who've talked about what they fucked up after their first stint like there's a there's a long body of evidence that coaches should get at least a second chance because the 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 there's no training to be a head coach yeah. and that when you get into it the first time you're more likely to fail than you are to succeed and that one of the first things a lot of them say is yeah head coach means you should like kind of give up all of the duties and actually run a ship as opposed to having a coordinator job totally. and and actually, and also managing three phases of a game, um, which is an incredibly difficult to do. So Sirianni, like, look, he doesn't have to be an offensive genius if he's able to just manage three sets of like having a real talented team means you have wildly overpaid egos, like you said, and managing those guys. Yeah, of course, winning makes everything smoother. And like next year, if they win ten games instead and have a four game losing streak, like we'll see what happens. But Fuck it. Like if you win the Super Bowl, like that's what you get to look back at and like totally. you figure it out. And, and well, uh, you know, two if we get two chips in five years, like what am I, you know, I, that's I'm good. Yeah, I mean, Come Jesus on. Christ. I already you feel got well draft served. picks for Carson Wentz. I know. It's unbelievable. When we'll, yeah, that's we'll offensive. See. You should have draft picks taken away <laughs> for getting draft picks for Carson Wentz. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> Rob, you were going to say something. Well, uh, uh, I was going to say a couple things there. Like one, I think sometimes <laughs> – you know, if you're bought in an idea of we got to have an offensive genius running this thing, sometimes the ingredients are just simple and you don't need somebody making a whole big deal out of it. Like uh, Hertz is. Like. This is a guy who set like strength records mm-hmm. in college, like the term beast is not like incorrect no. and reply to this man. And like you could say, let like, him do it. And that's the thing, right? Like there are there are coordinators who would fight that tendency where he's like, eh, I either don't like what I see or I'm just not seeing what I'm supposed to, but I'm just going to run at this guy and like see if he can bring me down. Turns out he can't, at least not within like seven yards. And I think there's coordinators who would who would wreck that. I think there's coordinators yep. who would be like, you got a second guess. I need you to make you I need you to go through your progression before a you second make a time, your third time. Well, this is the yeah. thing, right? Is I think fundamentally the coaching staff, whoever made this decision. I mean, at the end of the day, Sirianni let this decision get made at the very least, right? He didn't he didn't impose his will on this, or it was his will to begin with, which is they built an offense around what they had. They didn't have a system and insist, which I've seen happen, right? Um, you know, there was a period, I want to say it was the Ray Rhodes era of the Eagles where, where there was like, we're going to run the West Coast offense. We're going to do that. I don't care that that's not what you do. We're going to do that. That's the offense we're running. Uh, and that style of coaching wrecks a team, whereas the RPO is like built for what we have. 
It works. It's flexible. It means that our numbers are really weird because one week it pushes Jalen to like be a good passer and he can be that on good weeks. And other weeks he's kind of a, looks like his numbers are like fine, but not good, you know, but our run game is incredible because well, it's that's leading because it's the quarterback exactly. is picking between and they yep. might pick a bunch of plays that make yep. it seem like they're a crummy quarterback, but actually they're picking the play that just the defense is giving them. Right, right. It's the classic thing of like stats can't tell the whole story. Right. And, you know, neither can a win-loss record really, but we're in the Super Bowl, right? And that <laughs> that that does. Well, if that's what thing, you care about. The other thing that occurred to me is that as you were talking about like getting picks back for Wentz, for instance. Right. The thing that feels so, <laughs> I guess in my darker moments, unfair, but also is kind of more impressive like they didn't really blow up the team and enter like a deep, ugly rebuild, which it kind of seemed like they might have to. Uh, it, it became like Rob, the they entire- have they're going to win the Super Bowl and have the 10th pick in the <laughs> fucking draft because the goddamn Saints don't know. <laughs> don't they want to be the like Eagles, that. which is that we're just winning. We're always just going in and we're winning. They get you're going to win possibly the Super Bowl and have a top 10 pick in the draft. That ain't uh-huh. how it works. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. I, Sorry. I want to, we got, I want to see what's the current total number of picks that we, that we're getting in those first like two rounds. Is it, is it still three? Cause at some point it was three picks. Yeah. Okay. So we have, yeah, we have, wait, cause we kept our own pick. We haven't traded our own picks away. So yeah, we have the, t- the number 10 pick from the saints and we still have our, uh, our 31 own 31 or 32, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Do you totally. think, that, do you think you were saved by the fact that like, so there's there's always the argument that like Nick Foles entered the zone yeah. during that no, run. No, that a hundred percent. And if Wentz had been healthy and good to go, it wouldn't have happened. But either way, it also broke any chance of Wentz being the guy in Philly. Like yes. once once a quarterback brings a title, he's untouchable. Like it's it's so like even if everybody knows like this dude got carried, he got signed. So, he signed the contract though, right? He'd already had the extension at that point, didn't he? Wentz, Wentz has yes. you're saying yes. yeah, but then he got traded away yeah. two year a year later, two years later. Is he where'd he go first? He went to didn't y- y'all talk to Foles? Y'all got Foles. Yeah, he went to hmm. No, he went he went to the Jaguars and then signed like that three year deal. Like for he got his he got his paid right like he got a shitload of money and then the second play right. of the first the opening series of the first game he shattered his collarbone right and then he basically got shipped out to the to the Bears the the year after but yeah. Car- Carson was interesting because you're right Rob that yes had he won the Super Bowl and then cratered in the way his career mm-hmm. has afterwards it's probably harder but was what remarkable about the Eagles is that Foles I guess Foles winning and then him cratering. Despite them giving that big extension, much like the the, the Rams trying to get out of the the, the Jared Goff uh, right. contract, you just you have teams more willing to eat it. And if the Eagles had spent two more years being like, "Hey, maybe we can make it work," like you're not here, you're two more years no, behind. We're two the more eight years ball. out, yeah. And if Jalen doesn't develop, and if Devontae Smith, who obviously a great talent, but ends up doing the thing that m- most young receivers do, which is struggle when they make the transition into the NFL. You know, like the fact that we actually have a real, you know, two pronged receiver like wide out situation means a lot for for lifting. <sighs> AJ Brown is so fucking good. <laughs> it's an unbelievable. I, I don't understand. I still don't understand that trade. That trade is like shooting yourself in the foot. I, I 
Never in a million years do I understand what they were thinking. They tried. Well, they tried to do what uh, Kansas City did with. Uh, why am I blinking? Uh, I'm saying Travis Kelsey, but that's their tight end, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Tyree Kill. Right? Like, so they right. trade trade him. A, the idea right. is like, hey, we're gonna are we gonna pay you thirty million dollars a year? No, we're gonna get the draft picks, get younger, try and find some other players, and you know, Tennessee just didn't have the rest of the team to <sighs> to make that work. I forget who they drafted, but he hasn't really panned out at least in his first. But to your point. But again, first round, first, first year wide receivers tend to you, not yeah. have particularly good years. But yes, that worked out exceptionally well because you took a seat. I well, think you paid him eight million dollars this year. Like he's gonna get paid. Like you're, course, you know, but, your team but will have complications. But, but like to, eight million dollars for AJ Brown is unbelievable. Your bigger point about, and I think this is actually the secret sauce for the Eagles this year, is because we didn't have that rebuilding period, we still have the Super Bowl talent. Not all of it. But we still have the vets like Cal- like our Kelsey who've been there before. We have people on the defense who know what that's like. We do not have the jitters in the in the playoffs the way the yeah. sort of like upstart team does because we have those captains who can keep everything on track and and can pass that knowledge on right. And that's <laughs> so have, rare. Don't you have an Adamican Sue this yeah, year as well? Hundred percent. Who just yes. who just floats between like he signs at the end of a season <laughs> yeah. when a team goes yeah. We are. We're just gonna look past all those highlight reels of him just like stepping on the groins of NFC North players for like for like six years when he was on the Lions because uh-huh. he's really good. He's but really we don't good. want him to play until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you need like a it's like the equivalent of like he's not in the band, but he's a session musician and he's real good. <laughs> we're gonna get him for the album. He's not gonna come on tour. But we're it gonna get him, him for the, that or the other one. Uh, Purdy's elbow, right? Uh, wrist, right? Like it was it was Sue. Who no, got I think it was Hassan Reddick. I think it was Reddick who got to okay. his wrist. I'm pretty sure. Who? That's the I, other thing. And like the thing, the only thing that makes me confident about the Super Bowl, like truly, I think the Chiefs are just an incredible team and they are a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. I think our defensive line is just too good. Like, well, especially for, I have not seen Mahomes look healthy since that like leg injury cropped up and he gutted out like that, you know, that game against the, the, the Bengals, uh-huh. but you know, he didn't look right. Like he, he, he two just more weeks of, of healing time and resting and all that, but we'll see. Right. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not what I would love. I don't want to beat. It's going to be there's going to be an asterisk. If he comes out and looks like he's still on his bad foot, everyone is going to say, well, healthy Mahomes would have never. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> two years yeah, from now, I guess two you, years still, from now. You, still, you still get to say you won the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. What do you all uh, think about about this game coming up? I'm very curious because I think obviously as an Eagles fan, I and, there are two types of Eagles fans. There are the there are the pole climbers, and there are the people who like are constantly, slowly like folding into their chairs, waiting for the groin shot. Right, we're waiting for Lucy to pull the ball away. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm obviously in the latter camp, which means it's very easy for me to build up the like disaster situation where we get blown out forty to seven. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm curious, genuinely, how do you rate these two teams? 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I think for me, this, this just, this does come down to the fact that Mahomes can't do what he was doing a month ago. Right. And I think in that scenario, it's a really different because like Mahomes is such a special quarterback. It's gotten so lopsided that to a degree, his invisibility has become his his excellence has become kind of invisible Mm. because it is taken for granted in a lot of these games that like, yeah, the Chiefs are going to win that game. And they do. But in part, it's because like he is able to make incredible things happen. He's a very difficult uh, he's a very difficult quarterback to cover his receivers and mm-hmm. is a very dangerous quarterback to rush or he was until his leg got messed up. And so a lot of his tools, I think, are, I don't think he's going to have full access to his tool set uh, and he's going to be in greater danger playing that way. I, I think he's been visibly in in, in greater danger, both uh, physically and like making mistakes uh, you know, due due to injury. So I think that's that's a big part of Do you not like get Mike. the Jordan esque vibe from him though. See, More than like pro- that's the problem. You so know when what I, I mean? when I when so, oh, you know this is uh, tragically the last time I can put fifty cents or a dollar on a bunch of meaningless bets that are uh, twenty four <gasps> to one odds that can turn a dollar into forty two dollars. And so, mm-hmm. but the way I always do stuff like this is like I try to think of how do I think the game is going to work out, right? And I th- I try to think through. Like both teams and my my heart tells me the exactly what you said, Austin, is that the mm-hmm. the defensive line is going to even if he is 80 percent like that, 20 percent is going to matter. That 20 percent missing is going to matter. Travis Kelsey is still going to get open a billion times yep. and is going to break your heart a couple of times because that is just what the second best tight end to ever play the position is going to do. But Mahomes does not have a ton of other skilled players. The one thing that is going for the Chiefs is that he has learned to be patient. Like, part of the reason that he got his ass kicked Mm -hmm. against the Bengals last year was because they just said, hey, dude, you can't throw deep. Throw short. And he just could not accept the fact that he was incapable of throwing deep. And a huge part of his game this year has been accepting to to throw short. And that became only magnified in two games where he was not physically a hundred percent. And so that is what my, my heart tells me the Eagles. And then my, my gut is like, yeah, he'll just find a way way. to do it anyway. And so, which is not how I felt about Brady, by the way, like and Brady did find ways, but it was, it was, there was always this like, he's a machine. He's a system. It's not magical. It's not like when you were watching that that final, it's the same way that I've watched, Rodgers break my heart a billion times, you know, against the Bears. Like, well, you only gave him 40 seconds. Well, sorry. That's all I need. It's enough. And like sometimes the that level of player finds a way. And like even like that last the game with the Chiefs, like, he couldn't run. Or but you know, the, how did the, he win the game? The yeah, how yeah, did yeah. he win the game? He ran. He picked his yep. moment very, yep. very well. Like yes. when, he, when he had to put on the Jets, he did. Uh but I don't know. Like I think against this defense, that little bit of yeah. like lost performance is going to matter. And here's the other thing that I've not been able to shake. Like there have been times I'm like, 
the Eagles aren't all that. Like they're too they they don't show up sometimes. Uh-huh. Um they can have real bad halves. And then I think about that cow that last Cowboys game where it was like there's teams that just got beat. And there's a lot of teams that can put a put a beating on a team, but like that was a destruction. Like yeah. that was a like, you know, every phase of the game, like no matter what type of play it was, the Eagles were bringing it. And I think that was the other thing is I had this like because the other thing about my worry was going to be. The other thing is, is Hertz going to be as special right. as he has been? Because he is also clearly not back to 100 percent and his game mm-hmm. kind of needs him to be near 100 percent or so I thought. And that didn't really matter against a really good Cowboys defense. It just didn't matter. Um, well, and like, something about him that I think is deeply underrated, which is like the opposite of the super player who plays through it all, is he doesn't get tilted. I've never seen a quarterback throw a pick the way he's thrown a few picks this year. Not a ton, but he's, he's thrown a few. And then come back, come back out the next the next drive and be like, I'm gonna keep throwing the ball. And I just tell he him also shows miss. like basically no emotion, no emotion. 100%. Like that is that has been such an interesting storyline to follow. Listening to mm-hmm. some of the beat reporting is just there are players who you know just are able to just like be unfazed by a mistake or a, a you know a series that goes wrong, a game that goes wrong. You know, like watching you know, like even Justin Fields like. Man, when he has a great game, like you see on his face, like big yep, smile, like he is just have. He's like, oh man, I love football. And then uh-huh. sometimes you watch Jalen Hurts, and it's like, are you having fun out here, or is the you know, it's Dude. it's it's hard to read. Like, not that that is a barometer <laughs> for like a player's excellence, whether they are enjoying, but he is he is an interesting personality to try yes. and parse. And so, in some ways, one of the things I'm rooting for. Can I bet on will Jalen Hurts smile when he's getting he, the MVP he, yeah, for winning uh-huh. the Super Bowl? Like, what he is his emotional quarter, he journey? He plays quarterback like an SEC coach. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> like his, you know, his dad was his coach his whole life, yeah. right? There is something I don't. There is something that so feels like like army brat about mm-hmm. about Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Not in the not in the, and therefore he has a wild streak. Or, <laughs> in the yes, sir, right away, sir. Yeah, you know. Uh, in the uh, what's the dude's name from um, Abbott Elementary, whose father was a military dude, and he's just mm-hmm. like super straight, like that style where he feels, you know, you see him give speeches to the people in the back. The people talk about him being a good leader, a hundred percent, but he is so like, I don't get to smile. I get to smile when it's over, maybe, mm-hmm. and and also is like, you know, you've seen his same interview talk about like what his favorite music is, and it's like 1970s soul records. Yeah, like he is an old soul. That is his whole okay. thing. Obviously, he's also listened to Future or whatever, but like he is that dude, or at least is committed to that being the public persona. Who knows behind closed doors, obviously, but I sure. think that is a. I think that that ends up being a benefit for him in a situation like this. Even though he's he's going for the first time, you know, he does he does not have that experience necessarily. I don't see him getting tilted, which is everything. You know, I mean, that was my favorite thing about the win that we got the Super Bowl win we got against Tom Brady is you could see Brady tilt, which is so rare. But it felt so good that like when he tried the the thing that would turn out to be called the Philly special because Foles pulled it off and it didn't work for him. And then God. when Foles got it. Brady's face was just, he was in the biggest frown in the world. And like that made him not be able to pull out the big thing, the big win. Well, and that's what makes me so curious about this game is because I expect it to be tight. 
And the yeah, thing that your team hasn't really done this year is play tight games. Like you have been, what you should do Go against bad this. teams is dominate, right? Yep. And then or, slow down. And slow down. And so what happens when this game is 13-13 at halftime, at right? Halftime. You know, yeah. and, yeah. you know, I mean, that's where you, like, that's where teams are made or broke. You know, that's where the Chiefs have, you yep. know, an emotional <clears throat> advantage. That's where, you know, your And your frankly, that's why I wanted that game against the Niners to be good. I didn't yeah. want, I mean, you know, I wanted to that see fluky, Purdy. though. Like, I, think, I know, I think, but I wanted them to have that experience. Yeah, I wanted yeah. it to go to 13-13 into the half and then have to pull away. The first half, though, game. like that, I mean, that, yeah. it's funny because like, the first half of that game, the defense of the 49ers was as incredible as advertised yep. that if that offense on the 49ers had literally anything to offer, mm-hmm. I think that game is not quite a coin flip, but you got it. You would, you would have earned the win. And then at a certain point it was like, they can't gain 15 yards. So like if there was a mercy rule, then the 49ers yeah. would have just, it would have just taken it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they were on QB four for like a single play. God. And then they had to QB, send, then QB four got QB five, right? Cause QB well, four, you know, QB four got hurt. And then Christian right. McCaffrey was going to run the wildcat. Right. But the wildcat, like you don't practice that. So they only had a handful had one of plays. Play and, then, yes. and then, and then Purdy, Purdy came, came in back. and basically <laughs> hand the ball off. I mean, it was basically just run out the clock so we can get to the, to the off season. So it's tough. Um, it's a tough one. So I, still, I, read, I, I read a piece this week that was about that and about the, the unwillingness to give up there. I can't remember who it was, but like it, it was, it was based around this notion that like when you're out there and you're in a situation like that, you tell <clears> yourself like what a good story it would be if we pulled it off. And, and you, you know, if you were a 49ers fan that, you know, what a good story it would have been if they somehow pulled it off. And then they would have gone to the Super Bowl and just gotten wrecked. <laughs> gotten their ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, the, uh, as we as we head towards the end here, um, I'm scrolling through a couple of questions that people sent. Um, one that it has come up over and over. I know it is as generic as, as all hell, but just the snacks. What is the Sunday setup? What do people like? What mm. do they prefer? What are they? If you're going to mm-hmm. a place, what are you bringing? What is what is what speaks to you is the thing. Like, it depends on what's to- already going to be there, right? Okay. I want a little bit of because I'm going to counter bring, right? So it's like if I'm going mm-hmm. to a place where I know there's going to be lots of, uh, like you know, one of my favorite things is like peppers, like you know, yellow and red peppers. I'm a huge fan of like that style of thing, and a lot of people don't have those. A lot of people, it's just going to. So be you're meats. bringing the veggies. Like- I'll bring the veggies to a situation like that. But if I'm going to a place where I know it's going to be veggies and crackers and like cheese, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a big bucket of wings. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy who's like going to, f- I know the wing. You know what I mean? I'm going to get the good wings and bring those. So I'm going to try my best to be whatever, you know, to be a little bit of the, 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 uh, the you know, 11th man, so to speak, who's going to come in and <laughs> get the situation right. Rob? Yeah, I'm like, Wings are such a part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like that's kind of it's kind of mandatory. Uh, it's it's a shame. Like because of just how wing crazy the country went during pandemic during the <laughs> pandemic. Like there's a lot of places that they've run out of like the 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 chickens. There's not enough of the chickens that produce like the wing joint chickens. Do you remember so you're when the roaster chicken? Fucking like, Wingstop was like, we have to introduce thighs. We can't keep up with wing demand. <laughs> Like truly that happened. My so uh there's a chain uh here in Massachusetts, Wings Over, and uh they do <laughs> I mean, a 
What are they no, over? So it'll be, wings their franchise will be Wings over Cambridge. Wings oh, over Boston. Okay. Wings all right. Over, yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. You, you brought me back in. But uh, Rob, would you say that Wings over creates energetic moments? Because that's their uh, motto. <laughs> I think I think they can supply an energy uh, to, to a gathering. So on, in the best of times, they're an inconsistent wing joint. Sure. Uh, like they are. Every one of their franchises has been prone to like getting overwhelmed by wing demand mm-hmm. and just like flash cooking their their wings. And you're like, this just is underdone. This is kind of gross. But in the last year, suddenly they went from like chicken wing drumsticks and 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 wings like you'd expect to like roaster chicken like drumsticks wow and didn't really change their recipe so it was just like <sighs> same old same. wing breading it's not the same, same you can't just seasoning do and yeah now it's just a big old like drumstick and like i haven't That's been able funny. to go back i That's was like so this funny. is just not this is this is not happening so i hope you find a place i hope I, you, I can, you gotta the, do some research i miss the days when you just take good wings for granted yeah uh no. and it's gotten a little bit this harder, country that's, man that's one of them. <laughs> used to be a country i just yeah i just remember that there's like a pizza place pretty close to me that has like like better than indexed wings like the pizza's yep. not that good but I the know. wings they actually have them you know what sometimes i mean sometimes like, the pizza joint is sneakily like the good wing place yeah, and that's yeah. fucking infuriating because yeah. it's like the pizza place never has good buffalo wings or whatever they're selling but sometimes that one time you're like Hey, wait, this isn't just like pour it out of a bag and yeah. like throw like they're doing wings. They're doing wings. Yeah. That's what that's what Wings Over's motto should be. They're doing wings. <laughs> they're doing wings. You can have that read for free, Wings, wings Over. We do them. Right. Wings. <laughs> we do them. You See, know we do them. <laughs> just just please come in. Please. We keep doing them. <laughs> Wings over, not Wait, here. Patrick, what's your wing? What or what's your? Snack? Well, so we, so but bu- so I, I are you doing? I, you're doing a whole thing, right? We we are going down the street. We got neighbors who like do a whole a whole whole thing. But um, we so buffalo wings are just my goat. Like I could just eat yeah. those. But I'm just buffalo anything. And so right, the thing, sure. It used to be just buffalo wings, but you get filled on that so fast. And so the thing I've become a huge fan of. We have, a friend of ours makes an excellent one of them. It's like the buffalo chicken dip. Mm-hmm. And so you get the experience of the buffalo wing without mm. it being the, the whole wing. And protein. I got to get four of them. And then all of a sudden I'm full. And then I it's like I get the experience of the buffalo chicken, but mm-hmm. in, in like an appetizer form, because I can't just have one wing. I'm going to end up putting no. six on my plate and yeah. then. All right. Well, I need to wait an hour before I. Get some more anything then, else. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're this is also up. the time of the year where I'm most excited to see the fucked up nacho disaster. And that can be a seven layer dip or that can be like the ridiculous like nacho pyramid where it's like right. and then we just it's the fucking Put like everything taco town ad. Yeah. But it's like for a pile of nachos. And then like within 30 uh, seconds, it's like congealing into like a weird like nacho glue I hate but this. still kind of tasty i can't do this this is too much for me i'm such a, a boring person with nachos this is the time of year where i'm i'm, I'm okay seeing that uh, i'm also like low-key i love uh co- cocktail wieners i love the little oh, sure. like i love the mm-hmm. little, um, in a blanket in a blanket in yeah. a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. blanket pretty good just put that in a little bit of ketchup and like eh, yeah what are you gonna fine. do it's great, you know it's and fine. it's also it's the one time where as uh, a chicagoan you will not be shamed 
for putting a hot dog in ketchup. You can get sure. away with it. You get See, away with it. Because secretly, Bowl, I'm okay. Like, you know what? I'm fine. Yeah, you're you not can... like a big Chicago dog. No, huh? no. And the pigs yeah. in a blanket is just your way of secretly getting away with it. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of Chicagoans' ways of like, pigs in a blanket, you're not dipping that in relish. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there are people listening who are not Super Bowl people. But let me give you this. The Super Bowl is sort of like, like protein Halloween. <laughs> you can eat any type of meat. Any type of protein, not even meat. Any type of weird ass, you know, uh, uh, cheesy or whatever you want that is like, this is bad junk food. This is not good for me. Today's the day. And Today's it's not the only, day. It's not only that, like the the invite we got for the Super Bowl thing we're going to was like, so in the past, children have not been invited and people have had to figure out something else. But last year, the kids that did come, everyone was good. But Ooh. we need to make, but, but if you were bringing a child, they better have something to keep themselves in. Give them an activity. Give it them is, a, it, it an is iPad. Give screen them time a, doesn't yeah. exist. Right, it right, is just it right. is just go, go to wild. a room in the part of the house and do not come back. You need another Kit Kat? That's fine. It's like, all you, kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. Uh, someone else asked, um, what is the most memorable, heartbreaking, iconic way for either team to lose. I think we have to go with with heartbreaking of of those three options. Austin, I mean, if you we have, have to double doink, right? Like that has to be <laughs> the good close. You've on had it a good kicker. Be. You've had a good kicker though. We but, do, uh, but it doesn't, the way I mean, the way oh your team God. has played this year. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine like cuz I feel like teams establish um, a style heart, of play yeah. in which you can imagine this is the, the way we'd fuck it up. The true heartbreaker would be we have we have the two minute drill and Jalen throws a pick. Yeah, I was thinking two minute drill pick six. I That's was it. like or pick six and we lose. Yes. Right. Two minute drill. We could go into OT, but we try to drive throws the pick six game is over. And that drives the whole Jalen Hurts narrative it's, it's, for the entire offseason. And it's, it's the same way that Jimmy Garoppolo's fist claws yes. through the turf as yep. the play ends. Yep. yep. And it's like a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Who's the exactly. other quarterback? Doesn't matter. The hypothetical. It's the hypothetical. Who could it be? Well, because they we'll would have two first round picks, right? Two first round picks. Can we get somebody else? Can we spend the first five games of next season once again being like, who could it be? Oh yeah, watch. You, yeah, you have the pick six, and then you start like one in three, right? Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, you, you lose close games, right? It, it's yep. nobody's fault. Things but things go weird, but oh, oh, that's the yeah. Syriana era is over. The, the Jalen Hurts era is over. <laughs> um, the other version of the the heartbreaking way we could win, the heartbreaking way, in my opinion, that the Chiefs could lose, is that is that we get a Mahomes like. Serious injury. So and that's what I was hard. thinking. He gets he and that like, would be first or second series. Like he miserable. goes down the field, throws to Kelsey, seven points, like seven seven, and then the Chiefs get the ball back after getting a three and out against the Eagles, mm-hmm. and then someone just rolls up on his leg, and it's like, hey, yep. he literally can't move. Who wants to Who's watch? Their backup? Uh, Do we know? I don't uh, know who the backup is. He, Chad Chad Henney, I believe. He's done. Well, here's the funny thing: he's done well every time they've needed. He, him. Like, Rob, he Rob, in that game against uh, the Jaguars, he marched down the fe- like the thing that should have knocked the Chiefs oh, out right. of the game right. was the Jaguars had them down on the three yard line or whereabouts, right. and he game. marched down the field and gained like 97 yards to score a touchdown. Actually, and that gave. That gave Mahomes like a chance to like go to the locker room, get uh-huh. taped up, like figure out his leg. Actually, I think that's the worst way for the Chiefs to win. Yeah. Is everyone's <laughs> gonna be like system QB? <laughs> I told you. I told you. Yeah. Exactly. A hundred percent. 
<sighs> Any other questions, Patrick? I don't think so. You want to talk about Super Bowl ads? Not really. I don't know. Like, hopefully, the, 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 the nicest thing about the ads this year will be that all the crypto companies went out of business. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I had a thought just now, which yeah. is, I think part of um, the reason we get the question mark on Jalen Hurts, I, I wonder if we get the same question mark on Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts' numbers 20 years ago that we do now because of the height of fantasy football and one day single day fantasy shit where he's not as good as a fantasy quarterback as some higher you know producing QBs are and i wonder if that shifted some metrics in people's heads i wonder mm. if people care more about a fit not not about efficiency but, but about production, production. exactly yeah. Right. I don't I have no idea. That's a hypothetical. I have no fucking clue. Um, he might. I don't even know how good he is as a, as a fantasy QB. I'm, but I'm guessing there are many other QBs you'd rather have in terms of raw numbers. You know? Yeah, it was the you know, the Bears have the number one overall pick. And actually, Fields was the number one fantasy quarterback for like six weeks in a row because he would just rip off a 65 yard touchdown. Exactly. And like that's like exactly. that's that's what you want. Uh Awesome. What else you got going on? What do you want to promote before we get out of here? Uh, well, Rob and I have a, uh, a Star Wars podcast called A More Civilized Age. Uh, we just did a uh, – like really crossing the streams on this. We just did a, an actual play <laughs> podcast where we all played uh, – we played a tabletop game called Going Rogue. Uh, we told a story uh, in this role-playing game about uh, a sort of – God, how would you even summarize it, Rob? Um, uh, apocalypse Now, but but Clones. <laughs> With a with a scrappy band of misfits. Yeah, with scrappy. Yeah, yeah what if that was more about a scrappy band of misfits? Huh. All right, uh, and also space, uh, and then friends <laughs> of the table, uh, which is about to start its new um, its new season, Palisade, which is a sci fi uh, mech show um, that'll how be many, starting. How many later seasons this month. are we in? This is this is technically season eight. We Ooh. also have two Patreon seasons, or just about two Patreon seasons now that are that the second one is about to wrap up. So. Uh, so it's a lot. It's been it's been it's been a road, you know. <laughs> How about y'all? What do you what do you what's up with Waypoint these days? <sighs> well, we still exist, so you know, like Fucking, these we, days. I know that's, we don't have time, right. but real quick, it's all right. Um, my, wife, my wife hasn't texted me. We're good. What's, okay, what's going on? What are we? What the state of the thing? It sucks out here with the industry and people getting laid off. It's miserable. Like I, I'm not, I have not been impacted directly, but so many people who I love and respect. Have lost their jobs over the last couple of weeks. We're are not we, here. I mean, we're not here without Waypoint Plus. Is what I, I can't tell mm. you that with one hundred percent certainty, but I can tell you that with gut level certainty that I don't know, I, man. I think we might be able to say with one hundred percent certainty. <laughs> I just mean, like there's no there's no way to know yes, no, yes, but yes. it is it is hard for me to you know look. We spent six years at Waypoint, and shouts to Joel Fowler. Shouts to Joel Fowler. What yeah. do they mean? Um, a man that always found a way to just like make things work, make the ge- the gears turn. I never had a good sense of like, are we in the red? Are we in the black? It's like, no, everyone's still got their jobs. We're moving forward. Keep making yep. things like yep. keep doing. What I you will do. say I've never felt um, uh, I've never felt more happy that Joel took our our concerns into heart. Then when the shit that just happened at Fandom, where uh, Fandom immediately laid off people at GameSpot and at Giant Bomb, mm-hmm. people who do good work and deserve to have jobs in the industry. Uh, and I say that because there was a period of time when Joel – there was a period of time when we were like, we got to get the fuck out of here because a different <laughs> a different regime was in charge at Vice at the time than the people who are in charge now. The situation was different. And one of the <clears> places <throat> that Joel was looking at was Fandom. 
or mm-hmm. the fandom was looking to acquire the same sort. And I was like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> and there was a different era, right? So who knows how that would have shaken out. But uh, shout outs to the people who've, who've unfortunately lost their jobs across those two places, Washington Post. Yeah. Uh, Fanbite before that. Uh, it's just been it's been rough. Well, and this is the the funny thing you you allude there to how hard it is to know what is the actual profit and loss on a bit. Like, mm-hmm. I'm curious how many people in media have any idea really of what they bring in for their site, what their site makes. I think like all these things are very deliberately obscured from us. But like the notion that and I think a lot of us have been beaten down in a media environment where things have always been bad and getting worse, but like. It's very clear so many of these places that did media layoffs, uh, they're immediately hiring in other places. Like they're just reallocating resources. Uh-huh. And so I, I like I think it's 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 funny. This is this is a case where uh the landscape in media and games media in particular is bleak. But also I've never felt quite so I've never been quite so convinced that like fundamentally people are getting money out of like right. out of media. And the people who make it are are largely not and yeah. and are being like left precarious. Uh, but it, that is not the case for the business as a whole, which was not the case when a lot of us got into this, where, where places did feel like we can barely keep the lights on. Nobody knows how to make any of this work. Now it's like, oh, you, you have figured out how to keep the lights on. And like we know that there's some people getting paid very, very well out of this. And then that was the change post 2008, like 2008 was the last time I experienced so many people I knew getting laid off. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, looking at what's happening now, in some ways, having done it for as long as I have, I was like, yeah, I've been through this before, like done this cycle. Other sites will crop up. People will once again look at games and be like, I should start a games website. Like, I know that's really hard for folks who are in there for me, frankly, like the 2008, I got on Twitter because of the one up EGM. Mm family layoffs, right? I emailed you. I emailed Totillo who put Mm -hmm. me in contact with you when you were at MTV being like, how do I do this? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think it was at G4. I think it was G4. You were at G4. You were at G4 at that point. You already left MTV, right? At that point? Yes, I got laid off from MTV Uh and then went down to LA to be at G4 and and that's... We had the our first interaction. Yes. You start a you start a site with your friends. I think today you probably start a Twitch channel or a YouTube channel with your friends and not a website, probably. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I hope that, that that sort of reinvigoration happens again. I feel like there's like my fear is that we've seen a lot of erosion of a certain type of media role in our space. See, in that's the, last the five difference, years. right? Like I don't think writing about games is disappearing, but I think we have seen Especially like out of like an era that we all think back mm-hmm. on very fondly of like the blogosphere, brainy gamer, mm-hmm. like a certain mm-hmm. era of like that born out a lot of like critics and reporters and like deep thinkers about games. Some of that stuff went to YouTube and it's just like there's a lot of great essayists doing interesting work on a 100%. different platform. But if you just like write like re- reading long essays, thoughtful essays, like that sorts of writing I think is going away increasingly and only sort of exists to be propped up by if you were enough of a personality to convince people to give you money to do it. And unfortunately, it's very rare to find people who are interesting enough as a public personality to get people invested in paying for thoughtful work Uh because those things don't usually cross (laughs) – are are very rare to cross over. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I mean, and you see it even in other spheres, right? Like – uh, 
Taylor Lorenz is, is a reporter who has done great reporting work, but also so much of her success is about building an online brand, building yep. a following, et cetera. You can't just do the work well anymore. No. You know? So I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a weird time. So I miss it sometimes, but but also <laughs> like I'm going to get to play Breath or, or whatever, Tears of the Kingdom, without <laughs> needing to like play it all in three weeks and then write. I think I said, oh, you know what? Okay. I still haven't gotten the message, but maybe we'll give us a five minutes, five minutes, because yes. – you told me, I think before we set up the uh, the Elden Ring uh, spoiler yeah. cast, was the last time you really felt the impulse to want to talk about a video game. And I have these two people here right now. Yeah. Is you playing Marvel's Waypoint's Game of the Year, Marvel's Midnight Sun. That's truly? No. But um, like Rob has lots of thoughts in this game, went on a journey. And I know you had lots of thoughts. Yeah. And so we had like a couple of minutes here. Yeah. I'm curious what you thought about that game. Well, now it's, it's a different context because of the shit that just came out about it underperforming. Did you see okay. that today? Yes. It was a critical it, like, acclaim, bombed. but a commercial bomb. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It seems um, like they sort of let Jake Solomon just make the game you wanted to make. And yeah. That game. I mean, Norman Lyon was making jokes about, and here's what happens when you stream Midnight Suns. Oh. And it was just like pictures of tumbleweeds, like oh. go, like ghost <laughs> ghost towns, etc. Well, it doesn't have the stuff that you get the fan interaction with that XCOM does, right? Um, no, and that's it, Rob. I bet we would have we would have streamed the fuck out of that game. Oh yeah, dude! Like this, is, we'd still Come be on. playing it. We'd be yeah. like, uh, we're doing, but and that would have been like a ten year project. Yeah, because uh, it's like, what do we want to do about the way Tony Stark's kind of hijacked the cool like uh, arts and crafts club? Uh, you know that the, scene when he shows up to their fucking thing. I, it was the most like, get the fuck out of here. No one asked you to be here, Boomer. Like you got to go home. Um, yeah, I think that that game had. I think there's some real smart shit in that game. I think I think getting rid of movement or having one move per turn is so and yet movement's still really important. Super Positioning important. is so really important. Really clever. Um, I hate how that game is written. Not hate. I I don't jive well with the way that game is written. Um, uh, and and obviously I'm not surprised by that. But I do like that Blade was going to go on a world tour to meet other vampire hunters and compare notes. So there's a version of it. There's a version of that game that I would have just devoured, I think. And it wasn't quite the one. Like, I don't know what's going on with all of the weird explore the, the Academy grounds shit. There's so much of it. And I do not care. We don't care. <laughs> you know? I we don't care. Uh, so I kind of like that. I think like it's a it's a beautiful space, but it's like you want to just wander around this place. And I'm like, not mm. really. Like this is kind of the problem. There's just is not enough there. Hanging out with the other heroes. That's like I'm gonna walk in this room, talk to this person. It's re it's a real tight loop. Explore the academy grounds. It's like go on a woods walk <laughs> and like do it again. Maybe you'll uh -huh. find something you missed last time. And that's not that's not great. But to me, I think the thing that is so. That game starts so slow. It is so, it is, it introduces you to a game where you're like, they just, they just completely biffed it in terms of building a tactics game about superheroes. Like, and yep. I was feeling that way for about like eight, 10 hours. I was just like, where was the moment that you came back around on it? Cause for it's me, happened real slowly, okay. like, but it's been a steady escalation. For me, it's whenever they bring in a new character, I go like, huh? Oh, Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man's whole thing is moving other characters around is, is, is webbing them into each other. And like, that's it. Oh, Wolverine has some interesting new ideas for how to interact in this sphere. And like, 
every time hope springs eternal that this time I'll like how the character is written. But then you get a little arc about like how Peter Parker doesn't want to show his face to anybody. And on paper, that's a great arc. And in play, I just don't care. Well, that um, one's super brushed off where it's like, I just don't, I have to keep everything secret. And they're like, what if you didn't? He's like, okay, leaves the room so they can swap models. They load a different <laughs> model in. And it's like, hey, I'm Peter Parker. It's like, wow, that was really brave of you to like, uh, like show your face to us. It's so, and I, like there, there is a bit of that. Like it's, it's a very twee game in places, yes. but, yes. but the thing I really enjoy, and this is where it is not like twee in that way. The characters have real beef with each other. Yeah. And some of them are real yeah. assholes. The shit with your like stepmom character who runs the place and like the shit between magic, like all that stuff is good. Like that stuff works. And, it's, and it's not just like, hey, we never talked honestly about this. No, it's like it doesn't. It's like, you know what? It is like a familiar relationship where it's like you can be like, we're going to have that heart to heart. We're clear the air. Except the air can't be cleared because nope. the tension lives like it's there. It's, real. it's not it's, in the air. It's yes. in both of you. Yes. Y'all don't like, agree about this shit. Yeah. And you have to live together on this magic island <laughs> and i think like to me one of the things there is a bit of like millennial versus zoomer like part mm. to it but like the degree to which it captures this this essence of like there's a lot of people who've been through this shit before a number of times and are like we know how to handle a world-ending threat just like trust us we got this <laughs> And then there's the folks who are like, they don't let us do things. Yeah. We're we're super smart and capable. Let let us show what we can do. And they fuck up. And yep. they're like, it's because you didn't support us. And like that's like depending on where you are, you I think you will sympathize very differently with like who's right in that. But I love the game goes there. Me too. And that's what works for me. Which is like I wrote that piece recently, clockworkworlds.com, about yeah. the writing in Forspoken, which I would love to talk about Forspoken for 30 minutes also, but I'm not going to make you do that. Uh, where when when oh, I'll say that I was right about my suspicions about that game, which is when it takes itself seriously, when it cares about its own world, it can actually stick the landing sometimes. And when it's flippant and its characters don't give a fuck about the situations they're in, it like it lands like a brick. It doesn't work at all. And unfortunately, there are a few more of those, the a few more number of those. Than of the game taking its own world building seriously. To Marvel Midnight Sun's credit, I opened that door. I played enough of that game to be like, I remember why I like Marvel comics. I remember why I was a Marvel kid. And that is, you know, or why I still occasionally like Marvel comics when I actually sit down and read the comics versus the MCU stuff. Or when I occasionally still like an MCU project, right? Um, It it hit me on that level, uh, even though I was like sick to death of their Tony Stark and their and their Doctor Strange and... Uh, there are enough cool characters in there that are that are, you know, the the premise is strong and seeing, you know, I love how Iron Man plays. And that is that oh is my an achievement. God, you know, so like when anyway. you realize like he can just be a, like a multiple rocket launching system, yep. like once you once you feed him and he like he's built resource that he can just yep. turn into like death. Well, that's the core thing that it does well. That the thing that I, I love about it that I think a lot of RPGs get wrong is that characters abilities can communicate something about who they are and they can have unique abilities. It's like magic is not a character who too like does a lot of direct damage, but she moves people around using her portals a lot. That is who she is, right? Tony is someone who reinvests in himself and, and waits, you know, yep. I don't need to use any of these tools. I need to use this one tool, super strong, and then blast the shit out of somebody. And that says something about who he is. So like that game does that stuff super well. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame that it didn't find an audience. I'm not surprised it didn't find an audience, but we'll see. We'll see what they do next. 
Probably Thanks, given given the fact that uh, both you seem to suggest the game takes a long time, I I'm glad they put out a demo on PlayStation Plus, mm. but the demo is just three hours, which does not seem like it's enough for well, it's that just, game to yeah. if, figure itself out. If the games, if the battles at the start were more like the battles in the middle, yeah. I think you'd be like it's starting to click, and instead it's like play a card, punch, play a card, block. It almost seems this like is- a game that should have like had the opening be. A battle yeah. that's like much more complicated, but they walk you through how all the complex interactions work and then be like, do, 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 you know, OK, now we'll walk Let's it start back. simple and then we'll we'll get our way there. For Spoken does that in its demo, believe it or not. I don't think that demo is really good. It's just like kind of you're tossed into a big open space. Mm-hmm. But uh, the main game gives you one set of magic at the beginning of the game for like way too long. And in the demo, they start you post the, the first big boss with a second set of magic, which is like the good magic in that magic, game. Yeah, yeah. And that's just like, it's yeah. such a difference maker. Yeah, that tough stuff's hard. Alright, well, in the meantime, you can follow Waypoint on Twitter at Waypoint on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Waypoint and YouTube at youtube.com slash Waypoint Vice and our writing, which actually we've done a surprising amount of yeah. so far in 2023. I've had two, two big features go up this week. At waypoint.vice.com, this episode is premiering ad-free on Waypoint Plus, which you can subscribe to, gain access to early episodes, exclusive episodes, ad-free well, episodes. What was the other piece? I know the I know the one today about um, the the uh, non competes and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then I did a, a big thing on the Hi Fi Rush um, oh, and how that right. how that studio put that game together. Nice. Um, they like made it UI free for like six months, uh, which was really interesting. Um, That's wild. Yes, and then basically, like, the, the arc of it was they added UI as they play tested. People were like, I need a little bit of UI, and then yeah, they I mean, add listen, a little bit of UI. I, I am making a very different type of video game. Uh-huh. The idea of not having UI makes me break out in a sweat. <laughs> well, I think Shinji Mikami told them, it was like, hey, yeah. try with no UI and then work your way That makes sense, given the type UI. of game that it yeah, is, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and you can find more at waypointplus.com. You can follow me uh, on Twitter uh, at Patrick Klepik. Uh Rob, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney and just watch me support my Spurs. Defended, uh, <laughs> defended Not White, the Spurs, I White Hart Lane against Man City. Have you followed this, Patrick? Do you understand what's happening here? I do know. I don't. I really try to avoid social media on weekends, but all I know is that I got tagged by Rob in that we had a team that Rob had decided we're fans of, and then the barstool guy was a fan of them, and then oh. I think we're not fans of them anymore, right, Rob? Or are we still fans? It depends on to what degree we let him ruin this for us. Yeah, that could be bad. I it think this could, might. Be, it, I think we might have to have this deeper conversation on the next episode of sports when we're post football. Into the off season, uh, you're gonna have to unpack this for me because, like, that's all I saw was just like several people tagging you in like that dipshit uh, talking about that team and being like, "I think did this ruin it for us?" And I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't have enough information. And Rob's gonna have to fill me in later. Good luck, uh, Austin. Where can people follow you? At Austin underscore Walker on Twitter. At Austin on co-host. Just Austin on co-host. They it, they don't have underscores over there. I like, mm. couldn't be Austin hyphen. Walker. That, that seems not, it bothers you. It, I'd rather the underscore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like being at Austin. I tried to be at Austin Walker no underscore on Twitter for the longest <laughs> time. Like it was like I checked that motherfucker's account to be like, are you off that shit yet? You don't tweet. Let me have it. And then 
joining Giant Bomb meant like I said Austin underscore Walker at the end of a podcast. And then you were done. I was done. Like, that's, mm, you know, mm, they're, they're, mm, there are friends of the table fans who call me Mr. Underscore, which is <laughs> very weird. That's, that's uh-huh. <laughs> Dark Austin Walker, Mr. <laughs> underscore. Can you believe we had this conversation instead of watching the State of the Union address, by the way? Oh, it's, it's wonderful. I'm going to go watch the fifth episode of Game of Thrones or uh, Last of Us that I got early instead of doing that. Uh, fun. Oh, wait, uh, are they still uploading them early? Did you not get that email? I'll, I'll, if you didn't get that email, Rob, I'll, no, they, so the previous email was that you got the first seven episodes and the effects were unfinished. I got an email earlier this week that was like, do you want to watch the fifth episode early? Cause they're avoiding the Super Bowl. But I, Rob, we'll talk, we'll talk tomorrow so you can continue your quest, uh, to, uh, grind through a bunch of gnarly stuff while your partner is out of town. Uh, we didn't pick the game because we're all Eagles fans. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to pick them. Oh, yes, um, and then, yeah. so that we're all set up for heartbreak, uh, if it all goes awry, but Austin, good luck. Thank Fuck you. Capitalism and bear down. Forgot that that's how you end this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.